latest edition of the Net Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is brought to you by Fans for Fans, where the content is absolutely free. It is episode 154 uh, of the flagship show. Uh, I'm your host tonight. I'm Colin Armstrong. As I say every week, guys, it's not just the, the pod that we have here at Net. If you get onto the website, you'll, you'll see the forums there. There's articles. Frankie's got his social media. Uh, and there's a history archive on the website as well. If you like what we're doing here at Jersnet, then please give us a like on and a subscribe on the YouTube channel. Put the word out there in social media. Let everyone know that we're here and what we're doing. Pod's live tonight. It's a Sunday night. We're looking at the game yesterday against Hearts. But the pod will be available to download uh, and stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, Spotify, all your usual places, guys, uh, where you, you'll pick up your pods. Uh, and now to bring in my guests and, and what's been a, a disappointing weekend. I think that's probably the, the mildest way of putting it. Uh, I'll come to the gaffer first because he'll probably sack me if I won't. Uh, it's, it's Stuart. Uh, how are you doing, Stuart? Or Frankie, how are you How are you tonight? I'm well, thanks, mate. Um, You're on mute. Oh, you guys can't hear me, can you? If I do it that way, that's better. You should be able to hear me now, can't you? Yeah, yeah. Everybody else could. You guys can. Hi, that's what happens when we let the gaffer on. You know, he makes a mess. Aye, there's, there's because I've got the Streamlabs thing all in the background. You can it's a lot of different controls compared to you guys, and it's always sort of yeah. pot pot luck as to which one I pick. But uh, other than the result yesterday, a good weekend. I went and seen Double Seven this afternoon. Did with, you? With the, uh, with the wife, so that was I fairly enjoyed that. So I went to see it a couple of weeks ago without giving anything away. Obviously, spoilers. Uh-huh. Did you make it ending? It was it was good. I, I, I kind of seen it coming. I sort of I hadn't seen spoilers online, but I kind of guessed that's what was going to happen. I think um, Daniel Craig's a bit, a bit likes his ego, doesn't he? A wee bit so a wee bit different. And just with the start with the music, the Louis Armstrong stuff as well, kind of gave the game away if you're a Bond fan but aye it was it was good I did I did like it my wife wasn't too enthused but um, <laughs> anyway folk are not here to listen to me and talk about James Bond so we'll, we'll get back I'm to not, they're not here that. to listen to you talk about the football you have Frankie probably, but, probably <laughs> no. it's, it's you and Alec I'll, I'll just sit here and, and press all the buttons <laughs> and, and on that Alex how are you it's been a while since me and you've been on a show together. It has, mate. Aye, it has. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm thinking, this might be the first time this season. I think you know? it is. Yeah. I, I'm thinking it's uh, after a, a few weeks ago, I was on and I was talking about how uh, three quarters of my family are Catholic. Suddenly you don't want to be on a show with me. I don't want to well, say, I don't go. want to start any controversy yeah. here. But what I mean, can I say? What can I say? <laughs> my wife <laughs> loves and my bowler hat are right here. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's it. So, so oh, what did you make it yesterday? I mean, we'll get into it, but... Oh, I just want no, I want I want Frankie to keep talking about James Bond. You know, I mean, I, I, I've uh, I don't know, about, I don't know about you guys, but um, with the school holidays through there. But there's my wife's a teacher, and we were away. For, it was October week last week, so I was kind of depressed enough. And I was saying to Frankie before we come on the night, going to see Rangers to uh, you know kind of cheer yourself up before you go back to your work. Maybe, maybe a bad move. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a team that a team that hasn't lost a league game at Ibrooks for well over a year and still managing to put the boot in here. But yeah. um, I'm a bit depressed anyway, mate. Um, back to reality tomorrow, but uh, Rangers got me there a bit, a bit earlier myself. How's your good self anyway? You all right? Are you uh, off? Mm. Your kids off sooner? Yeah, they've week? been off. They were off. They, they're off. They were off last week and tomorrow. Back on Tuesday. So, uh, right, and, right. and I'm working from home. So, great fun. It's great. You know, you know, trying to work in there, kicking about. But anyway, guys, I suppose we better. I'm trying to avoid talking about yesterday, but I suppose we better deal with the matter in hand. Uh, Frankie, I'll come to you first. You know, I mean, I had a real bad. Feeling. 
I'm, 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 I'm a, a supporter of the habit, you know what I mean? So I've got the same routine pretty much every, every time I go to Ibrox and I buy my programme from the same stand every week. And we were a wee bit late yesterday because my son was playing football through in Motherwell and the time he got back, we were, we were cutting a bit of fine. We got in just at kick-off. And as we turned the corner off Copeland Road to head up to the ground, the, the programme guy wasn't there. And I turned to my son and I said, oh, that's, that's us, we're humped. You know what I mean? The, the routine's knackered, it's going to be a bad a bad day. And sure enough, drop points, missed the opportunity to, you know, to increase our lead over Harps uh, and, and maintain our lead over, over Celtic. I mean, people talk about the first half being good, but, but overall, I, I think there's there's worrying signs uh, in this Rangers team this season. You know, we've, you know, we've already lost, was it four games in Europe? We've lost a, a game domestically, but that's the second time in the last three home games that we've, we've, we've dropped points. Uh, so, I, all in all, a, a poor day at the office, I think. Aye, aye, it was, unfortunately. I think the first half was quite good. Um, we started at a decent tempo and, and really forced Hearts back and, and, and um, I think we really gave them a, a sniff in the first half. Although, ironically, I, I did think just before we scored, sort of five minutes before we scored, that, that Hearts were coming into the game a wee bit and we were starting to lose a wee bit, lose our way a wee touch and, and maybe sort of running out of ideas. So it, it was great when, when um, Lundstrom... Uh, Sent that, that that beauty right into the into well, I thought it was actually the top corner, but it wasn't. I've seen the highlights; it wasn't quite the top corner, but it was it was uh, it was good, good. And you're kind of thinking second half more of the same. Hearts weren't in it, didn't they have much of a threat? But we just seemed to play a wee bit deeper. Um, I think guys tired a bit. I think Aribo tired, Hadji tired, uh, Lundstrom tired as well towards the towards the end. But I mean, we still had two or three good chances in that second half to. To um to put the game to bed and, and we just didn't do it. We didn't need a couple of warnings either that that Hearts gave us and and unfortunately it was a, a mistake obviously for for McGregor that that, that cost us the, the equaliser at the at the death and I mean even then we still kind of had five minutes to to try and get a second goal and but we, we didn't have the the belief there and it's it's a bit, becoming a, a bit of concern that these guys I mean I I, I don't think anybody's unrealistic. And, and their expectations in terms of us matching what we did last year and going undefeated in the league, no conceding goals at Ibrox and, and such like. But I do, do think we, we can expect a, a bit better than what we've seen this season. And, and the manager's been pretty pretty vocal on the fact that we've had issues with injuries and COVID and what have you. And that's, that's all well and good. But t- to me, there's... There's the kind of lack of belief in in the, the sort of poor body language that we've seen in previous seasons, sort of early seasons under Gerard and, and and even even like Tav yesterday. I thought Tav did alright the first half. Um, second half, he just sort of, his shoulders just seemed to go down and he seemed to lose any kind of belief. And because of that, we started to have issues defensively because I don't think Goldson trusts Tavernier anymore. And I think I think that's one of the issues you'll notice when we're have parts in there that Golson seems to play a wee bit better than has done this season. So then doing that right hand side we're, we're having issues and, and it's as I say you could you could pick any player and, and go through them and criticise them. I mean yesterday Morelos obviously had a bit of nightmare. Um but you could go through any of the players there's there isn't enough guys doing well week to week at the minute um unfortunately and, and uh it's up to the manager now to try and try and sort it because so far he's he's, he's kind of struggling on that front. To be fair, Alex, on that on that first half performance, uh, I mean, I seen people yesterday 
saying they, they felt it was the best that we played so far this season. I, I, I mean, I can kind of see why people are saying that, but I mean, even then, I still felt, you know, we weren't anywhere near what this team's capable of. We still, look, I still think we take extra touches. I still think we look slow sometimes in, in moving the ball forward. But there was a lot of positives yesterday, and I find it interesting that Gerard, he went with it looked like a sort of four-two-three-one. You know, he had uh, Lundstrom and Kamara as a sort of two sitting holding midfielders. Uh, that that sort of middle three of Haji, Aribo, and who was the other one? Right, right, and obviously uh, Morelos up front, and and it, it seems to be a slight change from formations he's used in the past, you know, that's this, this sort of 4 2 three, one. He changed it in the second half. We'll come on to talk about that. But in terms of the first half, did, did it give you encouragement? Did you think, well, here we go, this... Because I was going into yesterday and I think I've done this a few times this season, thinking this will be the day, this will be the day when everything clicks. And for periods of that first half, it did feel like it was it was a bit better. I, I, th- I, thought, we, I thought we did well. Uh, you, you're talking about changing your pre-match routine. I did the same yesterday, mate, so maybe we'll base jinxed it. When yours was changed for you, I decided to go to the Loudon. Um, I mean, you can tell by my face, fell on the screen. That I do like a drink, but uh, I usually, I usually just drink after the game. You know, I, I, I like to, I like to go to Ibrox sober. Um, but yesterday, I thought, no, I was still in the holiday spirit. So, once, a few, once I got a few tea ideas, I mean, I can't really, I can't really, you know, uh, judge the the uh, the tactics. I can't judge the the formation that well because I'm up the the Rangers end of the main stand. If you like, practically in the yeah. kind of six yard line. And I was watching as like I said, I was, I'm, I'm watching what's going on up there. Mostly, most of it was going on up at the Brimland end, um, which was great for a start. And it was that lovely feeling of a, it was taking a wee while to work out what the actual formation was, which is a great thing. But it wasn't that thing we'll be doing a lot of times this season, a few times last season as well, where we're straight away in a kind of rigid, we're too rigid in how we're playing. You can see, you know, the ball is going to go out left to Kent and he's going to cut back it. I was getting, I was like, where's right playing? Is it is, is Alfie one up? Is he on his own? They were kind of, there was so much movement going on. Um, and I couldn't find, I couldn't work out if where Joe Aribo particularly was supposed to be playing. And it was it was in a good way because they were everywhere. And there was a lot yeah. of interpass and a lot of lovely touches. Um, couldn't, couldn't really work out what, what we were doing. I, I, it was obvious, as you see, the Lundstrom and... Um, uh, Glenn Kamara was sitting, but mostly we were just we were threatening to kind of dazzle. And I think see myself, I got suddenly got that feeling towards half time. But after we'd scored the goal, you're thinking, I felt this way at the Motherwell game. Motherwell at Ibrox. It was the same thing. We were really good. And i you're always conscious of being that spoiled bastard Rangers fan, you know, the kind of guy who's like nothing's ever good enough. And we've got a team here who just Gave us everything we needed last season when it came to winning, winning the most vital title, arguably in more history. Um, so you don't want to be too hard on them when they're no, they're no like as Frankie's saying, you know, going the whole season unbeaten again, you know. But I, I, you start. I think this season you're right. What you're saying, you start getting that feeling. You start getting that feeling quite early. We're performing really. We, we look really good, but we've only got the one goal. It's getting to the stage where the most horrible feeling in my life is for Rangers are one goal up. You know, okay. it's just, are we going to get the second? And like, I like to say, even the Ross County, we're away to Ross County, worst team in the league at that point, and um, we're going two goals up, but quickly getting it back to 2-1, back to 3-2, and no quite get, you know, we go 4-2 okay. up. And that's, you know, it, it sounds like a more, it, it sounds like a you know, spoiled bampot, um, but it's a, it's a concern when it's actually bleeding into all our performances. But actually, like, when we go a goal down, 
know, obviously we lost the game at Tannadice, and I wasn't bothered about that because, well, I'm, I'm obviously you're devastated to, to lose any game and for one beating one to go, but we just never turned up that day at all. You know, we just looked kind of poor the whole game, really. We hadn't arrived, and you almost it's no that's no one I, I regret and think we could have had three points here because we never looked at having three points that day, maybe a point at, at best. But there's these games, but we're, we're on the cusp just now. You're 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 beating Celtic one now. We you know a couple of reserve, you know, like a third choice goal, a third choice fullback, and they're having you know Joe Hart's coming up for the corner and injury time that we always seem to give away. You know, we're one nothing yeah, doing it. We're one nothing doing it. St. Johnston McDermott. Then we go two one up, and we still have a wee repeat of the Scottish Cup um, at Ibrox last season, where Xander Clark's coming up for the corner. Even we were beat, we beat them D one nothing at Dens. We still managed to, you know, in one of the worst performances this season. But we win that game. We yeah. didn't show anything like attacking ability yesterday, and we we give away a wee uh, shy out of nothing. And as as the clock turns to ninety three, exactly the injury time is up at ninety three minutes. It ends. We still give we give them a one last chance of chucking it into our box. Um, these are the games we come through. We are win, whereas likes of Motherwell and you know uh, yesterday, we're playing really well. Uh, we're, we're turning on the style, but we can't get that second goal. And you think it's going to cost us? And I don't. I just as a week in a sidebar. Why is it always? Why, what is it with the last minute or the injury time equalizers? Wait, do we have we ever scored one of them in the last two or three seasons? And then many at times, I mean, like, even the, the St. Johnson Scottish Cup game last season, one of the greatest seasons in Rangers history. You know, even even the league games were like you know Hamilton Ackies are scoring against us, but literally the last kick of the ball. Benfica as well, they've done it twice. Benfica done it. I mean, Benfica is particularly the game in uh, Lisbon, absolutely brutal. And then you know, we Tav even puts us one nothing up. And about, about three minutes to go in extra time in the Scottish Cup game against St. Johnson at Ibrox, and we still managed to concede. It's like a kind of cruelty thing. That's that is that is spoiled, spoiled vampire stuff, you know. That that is um looking for perfection, but it just seems to be. I can only think of a couple of games. We equalized against Celtic at Parkhead, and it was quite early on in the second half. I and mean, I think we equalized against Motherwell at Third Park for I can only think of Rangers being a draw where we've equalized like twice or something in the last two or three years. Yeah. You know, no doubt I'm wrong, but it just always seems, and there was, like you're saying, there's an inevitability and you're thinking, am I imagining this? Am oh, I just... Yeah, being, there's I'm no doubt. You could, you, but you, could feel it, you could feel it coming com- yesterday. It you coming. could feel it coming, yeah. And then, and, I, and I felt that the moment that confirmed that was Morelos. He's missed the, 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 the bad one, you know, that he, he really should have put away. I mean, I know he had a few yesterday, but that one that Ruth put across the face of the goal, I turned to my son at that point, I went, we're going to regret that. You know what I mean? That's that's a big, big chance to, to finish the game. And you're right, there, there, there is a, a sense of inevitability about it. You, you, you see it coming, and I find it frustrating that the players don't see it coming. And, and on that, Frankie, the, the, the second half, again, I thought we started well in the second half, and you know it seemed to be a continuation in the first half. I think the substitution changed. I think when he brought Bakun on, it, it seemed to change. And the formation seemed to change. At that point, it went... It seemed to go from that that four two three one we were talking about to four three two one, you know where he had uh, he had Haji and he had obviously Morelos up top, and he had Haji and I think it was right just sitting off or Aribo sorry just sitting off and, and supporting them. And it, it seemed to me that that was quite a negative change, and 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 from that point on I felt Rangers looked nervous and not as comfortable and as you say we got a couple of warnings uh, you know Liam Boyce had the chance alright he was offside he was offside but McGregor didn't know that and he still had to make the save I mean Barry Mackay just walked right through us 
and you know McGregor has to make the save. Uh, I think Gary McKay Stevens had a chance as well. So towards the end, you, you started to see that that Hearts were coming into it, and I started. I've started to wonder this a couple of times. If this is coming, if it's either it's in the team and they're, they're, they're no nervous and they're, they're, they're holding on to things like we'll just hold on to what we've got. But because of the formation change yesterday, because it, because they went 4 3 2 1, I, I kind of thought, is this coming for Stephen Gerrard? Is this coming for the coaching staff? Look, we're one or not, just just hold that. And we're, we're, not, we're not capable of seeing it as, as, as being proved. You know, we, we, we conceded late against Motherwell, conceded really late yesterday. So, as is, is it the team? Are they nervous? and because there was a couple of times yesterday as well, I felt Rangers, they broke up a couple of hearts, attacks, and you felt, right, now, go, go. You know, there's there's players out of position, there's a chance to counter, and it goes sideways or it goes back, and there's just not that killer instinct of, of right, okay, let's go, let's try and create something. And I, and, and I don't know if it's the players or whether this is how the, the Steven Gerrard wants Rangers to try and play this year. It's a good question. Um, I, 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 I don't think Scott Wright had a Great game yesterday. I don't think he's said, ah, it's not had a a fantastic season, unfortunately. I suppose he's in and out of the team, team, so it's not hard to be overly critical. Um, Bakuna has looked okay in flashes, so I was fairly happy with that, that substitution. Um, I don't think the system changed that much. I didn't really see a huge amount. I think more it was more the case that maybe Hearts forced us a wee bit deeper. We were playing a bit deeper ourselves, but full enough. I mean, we were trying to push the the defence up. I mean, you, you mentioned warnings that we had. There was the long ball over the top that that Balogun got booked for pulling uh, boys back when he was got sort of go clean through. Fortunately, Golson was covering across. So I I, I just I, it's a hard hard question to answer. But just there just seems to be a lack of a lack of belief and. And, and confidence right through the team. I mean, I mentioned it in my, my first answer. They're just the, the body language is is poor. And I, I kind of thought um, the other week there that after the sort of Hibs game, you'll remember um, Gerard was was quite sort of gesticulating after the match, and it was quite obviously enjoyed that win. And I kind of thought ah, that, that's me like it because I th- even I thought the manager himself he's he's been fairly sort of I don't know if subdued is the right word, but just not the same sort of charismatic guy that we, we normally we normally see of him and that's why people sort of see this conspiracies here about he's unhappy he's not had any money to spend all the rest of it um doesn't get on with ross wilson or he's unhappy with ross wilson or unhappy with the board for for no promise uh, giving him any sort of promised money and I, I, I don't think there's anything in that uh, just to make that clear at all but as i say that there is there is questions about confidence through the team i mean you wouldn't think we were the team that won the league by 25 points or whatever it was last season. We didn't look, we didn't have that confidence. We didn't seem to be wanting to stand toe-to-toe with teams and say, I'll tell you what, we'll, you can come at us, but we'll, we'll come right back at you. And you're right, Colin, that there was times where we had the chance to counter and, and we didn't quite do it. But I think that just came down to energy levels. I think not, normally you can get away with, with maybe one or two guys misfiring. Um, unfortunately, this season we've had a lot of guys misfiring. And... And the guys that have been doing okay, such as, as I, I thought Aribo did quite well earlier in the season and he's kind of went off the boil. But he's playing a lot of international games and we're now able to get him at the team. The same can be said for Kamara. I don't think he's had a great season at all, obviously, right through the summer. Playing with Finland, psychologically, the racism stuff can't be helping him, his mindset. And again, we're unable to take him out of the team. We have been able to take Stephen Davis out because he was starting to play really badly and luckily... 
John Lundstrom stood up and, he, and he's been our best player in the last, what, two or three games anyway. I think Balogun's done quite well. Um, but other than that, that who can you say is doing the business? There's nobody. Um, so I think every player's got to, to, to look at themselves in the mirror. The manager as well, Mick Beale, the guy who took a lot of praise last season. Um, this year, you mentioned there just now that on Saturday's game about the subs, were they right subs? I don't know. I don't think they're the wrong ones. I mean, the benefit of hindsight, you can certainly suggest that they were. But for me, it's 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 all, it has to come down to the manager. The manager has to find solutions, and he's going to have to find them uh, pretty quickly. The way things are going. Yeah, Alex. On on John Lundstrom. I mean, I think uh, I think a lot of Rangers fans questioned. You know. The, the, I wouldn't say his ability, but questioned whether he was it was the right signing for us early early on because I mean he, he really struggled. I mean the, the game at Tannadice was a a big example of that. You know it, it was so slack for Bungeretti's goal. Obviously the European game, you know he, he made a hash of that and, and put us in and a wee bit. I mean we got through and all the rest of it, but it was for for an experienced player like that, you were expecting a lot more and a lot of questions asked about you know is, is this guy actually capable of, of playing for Rangers? It was like a Rolls Royce yesterday, I thought, you know, and it's 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 about the third or fourth game in a row now. You're like, I don't think he's far off sort of Stephen Davis levels in terms of how he, he moves the ball about. I still I still think, I mean, when we were playing, I was saying earlier on that I think we're a bit slower and all that this season. Earlier on, I was sort of putting that down to lunch from. I don't know if that's the case, but certainly since he's been in the team, I, I think they look slower, but. I mean, the way he was moving the ball about yesterday, again, just so, so good with his use of the ball. And the finish, the finish was top drawer, absolutely top drawer. And uh, another man in the match performance. Uh, I mean, everybody was going on about Mo Salah's goal yesterday. I think, I think Lundstrom's goal tops it, to be fair. <laughs> I, I'd say so as well, mate. I Completely <laughs> <laughs> um, unbiased opinion, of course. Uh, totally, totally. I mean, Salah, what's, I mean, what's he really doing? It was Watford, I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, no, I, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a cracking goal and capped a, a fine performance. Um, and I think a lot of bears on Twitter quite liked his, uh, his post-match interview on Rangers TV as well, where he was told, he was a fair fella asked him, and he quite chuffed to get your first goal in the league or whatever it was, you know, and be the man of the match. And he's just like, that. Couldn't even answer because he was that pig sick that we hadn't we hadn't won the game and he's basically yeah. said we, we've got to win the game so we, we like that attitude and I've I have worried about his attitude um, I don't sometimes he, he does have a he does look like kind of big time Charlie who's thought to himself I'm going to come up here and waltz this um, and then maybe six months down the line that's going to be great yes. he will be the big time yeah. Charlie and he is waltzing it you know um, but I think he sums up what's going on with this season every time you think something's bad you come up with a good point. To counterbalance it, you know, a lot, a lot of the performances yesterday. I, I think there was everybody on the part yesterday did something great and did something poor. You know, um, Lundstrom was, uh, you know, his good things were the best things on the park, and his 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 bad things weren't really noticeable. Um, I think he still needs to to track back a bit more. I still think he's not really got the memo about having to cover back. I think I'm being I'm probably being harsh here. Um, I was sticking up from when he was getting slaughtered, so I'm just doing that kind of, you know, trying to make myself look smart by going against uh, the grain of public opinion, by trying to pick pick fault with him. Now, he's, now that everybody's starting to love him, but uh, I still, if you watch the sports scene highlights, uh, a dodgy thing to do at the best of times. But you watch the sports scene highlights of yesterday's game. Any time Hearts are going through uh, on your goal, 
um, including like Barry McKay's wee run and what have you. Lundstrom's still, he looks to me like he could be, his eye's not really on the ball. He's not really, he's not really backtracking enough. But I think he's getting to that point where he's actually, um, for example, the goal, the goal, the first goal we conceded to Leon, because he was still in the bad books for a lot of people, he was getting a bit of blame for that. The guy's curled one in for the wing, basically. Yeah. And Lundstrom, if, he'd, if he'd gone to the tackle that night, you know, he would look like a clown, you know, for because the guy would take him out of the game, probably. Um, so he's just tried to kind of um, harry the guy out to the wing and he's curled it in uh, an absolute a worldie of a shot. So I think yesterday as well, he's quite close to a few things that nearly went wrong for us. Not the goal, but um, guys going through and go, look, Lundstrom's, but maybe it's that thing, like a striker who's getting blamed for, for no scoring, but yet he's he's doing the thing of being in the right place at the right time. Okay. Um, but uh, no, I think he was, he was definitely, definitely our man of the match yesterday. He was like, his man of the match against Dundee at Dens Park when the whole team played terrible. So you're thinking, right, that's good. Then we've got somebody coming through. That's maybe the way for a guy who's taken a while to settle in to actually, you know, prove himself. Um, you want, when the whole team's playing badly, right, that's he gets his first man of the match. And now we're getting to the stage where we're just wanting the whole team to play well and Lundstrom to be man of the match. And that's it, confirmed. The guys, the guys arrived. But uh, it kind of looks like, I always liked, I, I like. I didn't know anything about him, but, you know, where he's coming from, you're thinking that's a good level. You know, Sheffield United, you know, the, the relegation material, but a good level. And he, but also, he kind of looks like the kind of love child of uh, Jorg Alberts and Steve Davis, you know, and like they couldn't raise him because of the social more, so they had to give him to somebody. And it was Nigel Spackman who's kind of raised him. He's got a kind of combination <laughs> of the, the, the three of them for me as he, as he struts about the park. He, he looks the business, a total unit, um, mobile, and he, he combines... He, he does that thing of getting this moving, which there's no just focus. You're quite right. We're looking him to be the, looking towards him to kind of uh, be the new Stephen Davis, if you like. But also, I think he's doing a Ryan Jack thing this season for us as well, which is something you know. <laughs> will we ever see Ryan Jack again? But we miss that guy. Two weeks so apparently. Much. Two weeks. Two weeks again. Uh, it's another two weeks. Light, light training. Light training. Is it? <laughs> Perennial two. It's been two weeks for the last. Ten months, I think. Sorry, uh, Ryan, we're not laughing at you, mate. It's just the, the fact that we want you back so badly. You know, we were just, <laughs> you know it's, I, I, I hope that's true. But I think he does a lot of Ryan Jack kind of, kind of stuff as well. So, I hopefully um, that's one good thing we can take for yesterday. The big man's starting to arrive. I'll, I'll stay with you the now, Eric, because uh, I want to discuss the, the dodgy keeper moment with the dodgy keeper that's uh, on the show tonight. So, Morelos, I never mind shake your heads. <laughs> <laughs> Morelos, I mean, I, I think we've had these these similar conversations with Morelos or about Morelos, sorry, a number of times over the years, and he's gone through one of these phases again where he's just, you know, Frankie was talking earlier on about body language and all that kind of thing, and and Morelos is is never the best for that. Anyway, you know, he always looks kind of sulky and 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 a bit moody, uh, but at the moment. It, it, I mean, I thought his link-up play yesterday was was, was pretty decent. I, I thought he linked to play up well. But he's finishing and he's, you know, again, another one that looks really slow at times and Rangers look like they can go. You know, he, he, he kind of slows it up at times. And, I mean, a couple of the misses were bad, but that final one, you know, the, the one we were talking about earlier on, you know, Ruth puts it across the face of the goal. I mean... Any striker worth her salt has got to be got to be putting that away, and I just feel Morelos. I mean, Frankie again. Frankie said earlier on that a lot of players at this present moment in time aren't performing at their best. He's definitely one of those. You know, he's he's just not he's not performing at the, the levels that he's capable of performing at. And he, I, I don't when he's on the partner, I don't trust him. I don't, I don't think 
I don't think we're going to get goals through him, if you know what I mean. And that's that's unusual to say for Morelos. You know what I mean? It's you, you just don't see a goal coming from him at the moment. I, I'm no um, disagreeing with uh, Tommy. Uh, it was the, the misses yesterday were incrementally worse. Again, talking, watching the sports scene highlights. Obviously, <laughs> I was still scarred when I went back to the, the Loudon yesterday. Needing even more team in ears. Um, after the misses I saw because it was up my end. But the first half, I didn't realise until I watched the sports scene highlights that he was gradually, it was his misses were getting worse, worse and worse. He was having a flap at a you know a, kind of a, a ball that rebounded to him quickly. You know, for the edge of the box, that's fine. Then there's that one where I think Joe Aribo just uh, slots him in lovely. He's coming the left-hand side of the, the six-yard box and he goes past the far post. And it's like, it's like, that's fine. He's just getting his eye in. But it just, it, it literally did just get worse and worse and, and, and finishing with that, or not finishing, that being the problem. Ending yeah. uh, with the one where he's just, he's, he's missing for point black range, basically an open goal. Um, I think he did a, I think he did a 100 t-shirt on yesterday. I think he did the, the, the t-shirt on underneath the, the, the top with the 100 and he's ready for the big celebration yeah. um, for his 100th goal for Rangers. To be, um, to be fair, that tends to happen, doesn't it, when, when, when strikers are approaching a landmark, they go through a dry period. That's it. And I'm thinking, Alfie, Alfie is a guy who likes to milk his, milk his, glorious, his glorious moments and we love him for it as well. But I think we were thinking the same thing this time last season about Alfie. He was getting, a, not you and I, uh, maybe in particular because we were watching the games, but there was a lot of criticism from not getting the numbers. This was a big thing. And I remember particularly Daryl Broadfoot. I made a mistake listening to Sports Sound, BBC Sports Sound one night, and uh, Daryl Broadfoot was talking about how this is this guy, Morelis, who's supposed to be worth all sorts of money, and he's he's had something like two assists and two goals, and we were getting into October. That's just no good enough. But we're watching games, and he was having the assist to the assist every yeah. time. Yeah. And yesterday, again, everybody doing something great yesterday, doing something bad. He had a few terrible layoffs as well, Alfie, as his confidence was starting to go in the second half. But as you say, his general link-up play was fantastic. And there's times when you can see Alfie just isn't interested at all. But yesterday I felt as if he was like trying and then just losing the concentration when it came to the came to the finishing. Um he was all he was all over the place. He's leading the line. You see, like the goal um when uh, Hadji uh, takes a guy to the cleaners uh, down the right wing and he, and he fires it in. You see there's two defenders, one defender, three, three hearts defenders all rushing back and two of them are trying to cover Alfredo. He's taking, he does take whole defences out, out the game, you know, and he, the ball then comes back and Lundstrom's got more time to kind of, you know, set himself because Alfie's occupying the defence. I still think he, he doesn't get the praise he deserves. He can have physicality, he can ragdoll any kind of centre-half uh, he wants and he, he, he keeps the defences occupied. But yesterday it was just purely the finishing and he's a striker. He's the main striker, and he can't finish. It's a, his finishing is a, it's a strange thing, Alfredo. But the goal, the goal I always remember that kind of sums him up. I think it's a goal against Porto. We beat Porto two nothing at Ibrox. The one he scored, he scored against them away from home as well. The guy is a legend, you know. But the goal against Porto, the way that he kind of, he almost miscontrols the ball and it bounces up and he kind of half volleys it, half shoots. There's a kind of um, a kind of bouncy quality about the way he yeah, goes yeah. about stuff. It's almost like he likes a different... They, they go in, and yet there's games like the Alas Kirk game you're talking about were under pressure because Lundstrom's got himself sent off. There's a number of times you've seen Alfie like that, that night, he's going through on goal, going through on the goalie. And if you get time to think about it, like way back to the Rapid Vienna game, or first European, the first European League game for years, he's going through to make it 3-1 finish it. It, it takes that kind of pressure if it's like really momentous stuff. 
and he's got a clear run through and goals. Yeah, and he's yeah. to think about it, the kind of thing that puts off like a Kenny Miller for years. Alfredo's not got a problem with that, and he's not got a problem with things are moving. You know, it's really kind of athletic, but in be- there's that kind of in between thing. The, like the chances yesterday, the boss coming to him, and he's just kind of got to kind of control and steer it in. And it's almost it's it's not a, it's not a hundred percent a kind of um, Mark Haley. It's, it's not a kind of athletic strikers type of finish. It's more a kind of a Jermaine Defoe or a or back to Gerd Muller, a kind of poacher type finish. He yeah. can't quite manage that. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time, but no, it's I think the whole team, as we're saying, is is fits and starts a lot, and they're not doing enough. Like we're, we're top of the league, but we're no motoring. You know, we're there's just a general feeling just now that, we're, that, that this is what we're all talking about. That things haven't really got going, and we kind of we kind of need them to get going before anybody else in this league really gets going. You know, I'm talking about Celtic. I mean, obviously, yeah. So. That, that, I, I mean, that, that's one of the things. Before I go to Frankie on on McGregor, I'll come on and talk to this, talk about this in a couple of minutes, but. People were coming to me on social media yesterday saying, oh, at least we're still top of the league. I'm now getting the feeling that we're top of the league because Celtic have had such a bad start. You know, if they'd had a, if they'd had a, a decent start, we'd, we would be in, we'd be in bother right now. But we'll come on to that. Frankie, uh, no better person to talk about dodgy goalkeeping than, than your good self, obviously. Uh, I mean, McGregor, I mean, he's been so good through the years. I mean, you can't really criticise him, but... You know, he's bailed us out time and time again, but I, I would I would, I would argue that's... I mean, the only really bad one I can remember when McGregor was the one that he let slip through him against Celtic. It kind of went through his legs. 4-2 game uh, a few years back. And, and we got out the hole that day. Of, of all the, the, the errors, I, I, I think that's one of the worst I've seen for him. But he just totally misreads the flight of the ball. And he's underneath it when it comes to him and, you know, makes a hash it. And as I said, I, I don't want to lay in too heavy on him because he's, you know, he's a club legend. He's, he's dug us out the hole so many times, made so many great saves. But he's another one as well this season that I don't think has looked entirely himself. You know, he had a couple of good saves yesterday. Obviously, the one uh, for Liam Boyce was offside, but he doesn't know that. But overall, I just don't think he's he's been at the same level also as he, as he was last season. I think that's fair. Um, I, I would go back to, and I'm sorry to labour the point, but I'd go back to body language as well. I mean, in the last couple of years, McGregor's been really, really uh, dramatic on the park in terms of how he treats referees, other players, his own, his own players were necessary. You remember the, the game after the Hamilton uh, draw last season, he basically said we were pish in the after-match interview, stuff like that. That, that all seems to be missing for his, his game this year. Again, other than after during the, the Hibs match the other week there, I, I sort of seen that 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 um that charisma uh, that, that that's normally evident and, and I kind of th- so that was another reason I thought that oh, we're we're getting back back to that, but it seemed to be missing yesterday, despite making two or three good saves at key points. Um it still it doesn't look confident. Um and I mean you, you said it yourself. You, you you can probably count on one hand the, the amount of mistakes that, that leads to goals for, for McGregor. It doesn't happen very often. Um, the guy's a fantastic shot stopper. Um, his position is excellent. Um, his concentration is fantastic because, like any a lot of Rangers goalkeepers, he doesn't always have a huge amount of stuff to do, and he has to make saves at key moments in games where where there's tight matches. And unfortunately, yesterday he made an arse of it. He came for the cross and just got caught 
underneath the flight of it and just didn't get enough on it. I think I think he touched it. Um, but unfortunately, it just went through to Hulk at the back post, who's who's knocked it in, and it was McGregor's fault. Um, you could see he was annoyed with himself at the time. Um, I, I don't think you can say much else about it. It's he's had a nightmare, and and it happens. And the, the same can be said of Morelos. I mean, I, um, I, I think Morelos has, has not had a great season. I think I think he's he's done well over the piece. Um, in terms of the way we play, because we're asking, I mean, we've seen it last year, but he's, cha he's changed the way he plays. Before he was much more a penalty box player or certainly working the channels. Now he's the man that likes to play. He's the man that comes deep and it goes out wide. And the problem is Morel struggles to do that and then get back into the box. And the second problem we've got just now is when Morel is, is linking the play, we, we didn't often have players out wide. Tavernier and Barisic, they, they aren't in games, they aren't playing anywhere near as far forward as, as they usually are. Um, I mean, yesterday, Barisic wasn't at that game yesterday. I was watching him through the, the second half and he was getting pulled inside, pulled in, pulled in inside all the time. And we're laughing in the car afterwards. I, I'd have somebody standing at the side of the pitch with a, with a hose, hose and Barisic doing every five minutes. Honestly, to wake him up, it's just like, he's looking about as if to say, didn't seem to realise he's in a, a 50,000 capacity crowd at Ibrox top of the table clash and wasn't in the game whatsoever so it's just I, I didn't understand these guys that, that, that are struggling to to, to find that, that awareness and that realisation that, that this isn't going to be a, a cruise to another to a 56 league title this this is going to be difficult Hibs and Hearts are making it difficult Celtic they will get better nobody anybody says they will get better over time will they get better quick enough I don't know but so we've got to get better, and Barisic is a senior player on our our side, as is Morelos, as is Tavernier, and these guys they, they need to start up in their game and get back to the levels that we know they're capable, of, and, and they need to show to, to to lead the way. They're international class players. I mean, okay, Tavernier doesn't play for England. That's that's fine. He's never never out will play for England. But is is that of that quality in, in a certain? in a certain way so and he's done the business for us over the last couple of seasons so it's these guys that we look to to, to improve things McGregor as well unfortunately and I mean as I say that, that, that save kind of summed up the, the game for us unfortunately yeah, sorry that mistake that yeah, summed up the game so there's there's a lot of problems just now I, I don't think we need to overreact I mean you mentioned earlier that it's bit of a sort of fake argument that the fact we're still top of the league but we're still top of the league it's 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 valid um, so there isn't any reason to panic however we, we do need to find a much better level of performance and a, and a much better level of commitment and attitude on the part during games and, and it has to come for, for right through the team for McGregor right through to Morelos and anybody else that's playing as well Alex, a, a very goalkeeper answer there from, from, from Frankie, I thought. I asked him about McGregor and he started talking about Morelos and Barisic and blaming everybody else. That's, 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 that's typical goalkeeper, honestly. That's, that's, they're, they're no right need. Uh, but anyway, right, uh, final point on, on yesterday's game. Like, Frankie sort of alluded into it a wee bit, you know, where we are. Have you got any concerns? I, I'm worried. I must admit, I do have concerns about... Uh, Rangers at the moment. I had, I had expected us, you know, I got it at the start of the season, you know, you had the Euros, uh, you had Copa America, you had COVID, you had all these kind of things, injuries, 
things that sort of led to a sort of disjointed start. But, you know, we're two weeks away from the clocks going, uh, clock's going back and winter time and all that kind of stuff. You know, I saw my first Christmas advert on the telly the other day there. You know, we're, we're, we're pretty much in proper winter now and it's we're still not not clicking. And I was looking at the league yesterday, you know, Celtic have scored more than us. They've, they've defended, uh, sorry, they've conceded r- roughly the same amount. I think Celtic are a more creative side than us at the moment. You know, I think they've got more goals in them. So if they can score three and concede two, they'll win games. You know, I mean, we are showing the now that we can only really score one and we're conceding. We're conceding pretty much every week at the moment. You know, Rangers, it feels to me that Rangers are going into the games having to score two because you know we're going to concede. Too many players are are, are out of form. And that's just, that's just that. It feels like the season after, like, as soon as his first season when we won the league, that second season, it just felt there was always issues throughout the whole season and it kind of has that feel about it to me and I'll, I'll be honest I'm not, I mean I'm not chucking in the towel I'm not asking for Steven Gerrard to get sacked or anything like that. none of that whatsoever I'm proud of this this group of players proud of the manager for what they've done last season what worries me is like as Frankie said earlier on we were never going to reach the same levels as, as last season but it's how far we've fallen that's concerning me Aye, um, I'm, I'm definitely concerned, and I think yesterday made a massive difference to how how we will think about how how we're all feeling just now, because there was a kind of, for me, there was always going to be a massive reaction to the fact that we had finally won fifty five, and I, this is something that, and another thing that I harp on about, which is just a kind of half arse theory of mine, but I'm going to mention it again, and I know a lot of Rangers fans would bite the face off me for even for even saying this, but I do think not being able to celebrate that league title. When they've been when it's been rammed into them so hard that fifty five never never mind stopping Celtic winning their plastic ten or nine and a half whatever it was where they were trying to win it was fifty five and Stephen Gerrard has drummed that into all these players obviously this this is the fans have drummed it into them this is what we want this will make you heroes and I think I think a lot of the, some of the players have come back and even the players that were that were there. You know the guys that we just signed last season and never had never played in front of a full Rangers crowd. I think even the likes of Tav, who's been there the longest and knows more than anybody else how much this title meant to us. For him this season, maybe coming back and getting a, and there's a few kind of dissenting voices when everything isn't going 100% perfect. You know, just that classic Ibrox thing where there is, there is about 10,000 folk who, if we're 4 nothing up against Real Madrid in the Champions League semi final, will still go. Who are you passing it back for? You know, there's, there's, there's just that general. And I don't know if a lot of the, they're expecting to be received as total heroes, you know, in, in a way that maybe hasn't quite happened. And didn't it actually happen on the day they won the league and and, uh, and and last season at all because of COVID? They never really got that. I've said this a million times. They never got that proper standing ovation, kind of um, their lap of honour, what have you, with the fans and really that kind of feeling of catharsis um, that would let them mentally fully recharge for this season and I could I think like the Celtic game we beat Celtic 1-0 after the, the, the celebrations at the end that day and the Rangers, Rangers fans also I think were, were terrible generally as a support for just getting the hell out of Dodge no matter the result the stadium just empties but I cut the, the, the Hibs game as well last uh, just before the international break the Celtic game the fans hung about we hung about in a real way uh, it wasn't just, wasn't just because Stevie G was out in the park and all that it was just I think we were enjoying there was a kind of bleed through for last season, but we were having the week in a lap of honour moment 
that we should have had last season. And I think there's been a kind of strangeness to that. There's a kind of, that, that's kind of, I think that's how it kind of affected the, the general kind of collective mentality uh, of the players that they don't really they didn't really get the praise they were due from the people they wanted it from the most in the proper fashion. Um, they, they're all professionals. They, we've all got to do real jobs. They go out there and they play football, so they get no sympathy for that. But I think it's when you're asking them to go out there and, and put so much kind of, you know, Put, put themselves physically on the line every week uh, to do the things they did last season. I think it's, it, it, psychologically you can't really expect them to, to to carry on to the same standards when they haven't had the praise that that, 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 that motivates them um, in, in these games. But we are top of the league, and I, I want to believe it's one of these seasons where having the, the good side of that 55, having won the league, we're kind of now there's a, a relaxation. It's rather than we don't look intense enough or not, we do not have the tempo. There's a kind of, just a, a kind of self-belief that we've maybe taken too far in certain games this season, like yesterday's, but there's a kind of, uh, we're going to be okay. Now, Hibs and Hearts have been knocking their pan and they've, they've had amazing starts to the season and they're still no above us. Um, Celtic have been terrible, right? And they're four points behind us. That's, con- that, that, that's slightly concerning, but we haven't hit any form at all. So you're, you're hoping the lovely title to be hitting proper form would be, you know, 1st of December through to 2nd January. And one thing a day, we have got, you know, we're away at Easter Road, Tynecastle, Petaudry, Parkhead. If we go then and we do that, we do the business in those games, if we hit our form then, no more inter- the international breaks, I think, are taking a, are taking a big toll on the, the kind of fluidity uh, of this team. And yet we're top of the league. And if we, if we hit the ground running, in the coming months, and uh, we, we get ourselves through that um, December period and anything approaching the fashion we did last year, I'm hoping Celtic will have, maybe Celtic will be the first team to beat Hearts or whatever in the next few cycle of games, uh, league games, and they'll get a kind of false sense of we're going places and we'll just put them back in their place. Because I think it's getting to, it's something, the momentum uh, any season, it's getting to the point where we just don't lose to Celtic now. And it's getting to the point where just the sheer weight of numbers would say that we have to lose at Parkhead yeah, no. in January. But if there's a different story created, if they go into that thinking they're favourites, um, they think the other team with momentum, I think we I think we would give them a serious scalping. As long as everything else, but, I mean, Kent, Ryan Kent's no there. And he's been playing, you know, he's been playing uh, with an injury for, for the first part of the season. Um, Tav's, you know, been rested. We've missed Goldson for the first time ever. Collins is nothing my part of that's that. I can be quite boring, you know. <laughs> you're right, man. <laughs> you're right. Hi, sorry, guys. Uh, I need to plug my laptop in or I'm going to lose you. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Right, I'm going to stop talking because the folks start leaving the room. That's a hint I should take. <laughs> no, no, honestly, it was nothing to do with the, the quality of your conversation. My, my laptop dimmed, and I thought, "Oh wait a minute!" And I, I need to, I need to plug it in for two seconds. Oh, there's, there's mitigation for everything for, for, for the way the way we've been playing, and we are top of the league. And I think maybe come January we could be looking back at this pod and thinking, "Christ's sake, what a bunch of panickers!" But I don't know. I'm just going to throw this in there. Did Stephen Gerrard's interview um, on Friday when he was asked about the Newcastle job? What did you think? I was, <laughs> I don't think he, I don't think he knocked it back as as stridently as I would like. I was, I would have liked him to. And the problem is things like that. And maybe the way we've started the season, 
because we always start the season strong under Stephen Gerrard. Um, the way we've started the season is maybe, you know, we're top of the league, Christ, you know, but he always, what I'm trying to say is he always improves, he always improves in what we were doing the previous yeah. season with the start to the season. And this is the one time the start to the season has has, has been, you know, a bit below par, not by much, you know, points-wise, you know, we're not much worse off than we were last season. But it's when I saw that interview and I thought he, he didn't really, he was very professional and very respectful to both Newcastle and Rangers, um, but he did not, to me, he didn't really say, I'm no going, I'm not. You know, he didn't say I'm at Ibrox for the rest of the yeah. season or whatever, you know. We'll, we'll find out. I mean, I, 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 we spoke about this last week. I'm I'm not convinced, but, you know, money talks and maybe, you know, if there are frustrations behind the scenes about signings and all the rest of it, then then you never know. Uh, but guys, on to other matters from, from last week. <laughs> a, a really bizarre one, I thought. Uh, there seems to be controversy around Rangers in, in, in every aspect now, and it seems that Rangers can't launch a kit. <laughs> that there being controversy. So we, we, we will launch the kit. Now, to me, the real controversy is this is the eighth kit under uh, Castor and the year and a bit that they've been with us, but that, that's another argument. Uh, so we've launched the 150th uh, anniversary kit. You know, it, it sort of looks like it's very much modelled on the, uh, you know, the gallant pioneer strip with the, the, the blue star badge and all that kind of stuff. The, the the tune that went along with this was that four lads had a dream tune, which I think is quite appropriate given it's harping back to you know the the gallant pioneers and all that kind of thing, but it seemed to cause a, a, a bit of a controversy. Michael Stewart, our, our dear friend Michael Stewart, uh, waded in nil by mouth. I've waded in there. There, uh, I've got there. Their statement here, the laudable, the laudable mission statement from Rangers, everyone, anyone campaign. The question that the club has to answer today, does using the tune to what has sadly become the famine song on an official video live uh, live up to a single letter on it? You can call for uh, action. You can't call for action on racism one week, then blow the dog whistle on bigotry the next. Uh, Michael Stewart, he sort of said, why this tune? This is supposedly a celebration, so why use a tune? So offensive to so many. A tune connected to a song that some Rangers fans were charged for singing only last month. Why do this? Sure. It, uh, I, I, I'm so tired of this nonsense. I really am. It's, And I, I don't know what Rangers can do. I mean, the, the song Four Lads Had a Dream has been getting sung at Ibrox for a long, long time now. It gets played at Ibrox every week. Yeah, this is somehow sectarian. I mean, it's it felt as bad as mine when they claimed that the hokey cokey was sectarian, you know, about five or six years ago. And I just think, don't get me wrong, Rangers and and certainly some Rangers supporters have have answers to to uh, questions to answer. Sorry, on the, the the issue of sectarianism. You know, the supporters who were involved in that stuff a couple of weeks ago. You know, you had that the incident on the supporters busking up to Dingwall. All that sort of nonsense. You know. I don't think anyone here is claiming that, that the Rangers supporters are, are, are whiter than white. There is an element that continue to cause issues. But I don't see how that spills into the club and, and what they do. And I don't see how, in any way, how that video was, was sectarian or could be deemed sectarian. Or and, and I was just... I got a text off my mate and he summed it up. He says, this is boring now. It is actually boring. You know what I mean? It just seems, and it's, and it's always the same people. 
it's always your Michael Stewart, your Graham Spears. I was amazed. I mean, I know you commented on it on Thursday that Null by Mouth got involved in this. And I just find it, I just think it's tiring. It's boring. And it, it feels at times orchestrated and deliberate. That's because it is. It is coordinated. There's, there's no doubt about it. I was, um, like you, I was, I was completely stunned the other day there when, when Null by Mouth released a statement. Not least because I've had a few dealings with Null by Mouth over the years when I worked at the Trust and through Jersey and stuff like that. So last last twenty years or so, and almost always, if you contact them, they say they can't get involved in anything unless the press asks them. We did the press didn't they ask them the other day there, and they're getting involved in something. And what they wrote, the um, or the tweets that they made, were were disgraceful. And to try and compare this or equate it with what happened to to Glenn Kamara was disgusting. And again, I, I was stunned. I mean, I I expected for Michael Stewart. I expected first and foremost. I mean, it came for some daft Celtic fans, and, and you laugh at them. And I, even in this case, I, I must admit, I, I didn't think anybody would 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 take it any further than that so I was kind of still a wee bit surprised when, when, when Stuart got involved but for no by mouth to to to, to uh, give their tuppets worth is, is, is bizarre it, it, it just doesn't make sense I mean I, I, th I think you've got to go back to, to the, the famine song I mean people argue about the famine song they'll say it's 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 sarcasm it's a joke and it is nice it's, it's offensive alright is it racist? I'm not convinced. Um, it is racist or sectarian, but it's offensive. It's ridiculous. It's We can sing a million better songs than that, even if you want to take the piss out of Celtic fans or whoever. You can, there's, there's better songs than, than that to sing. But So the, the Four Lads, are dreams, Four Lads Had a Dream song is, is the, the entire opposite of, of the, sort of the antidote is the word I was using earlier, towards that song because it's aspirational. It, it goes back to the forefathers of our club, the history of our club. Okay, it uses the same tune. Yeah. It'd be no ideal, but it, it stops people then using... So when, when, when kids hear that that tune, rather than singing the famine song, they'll, they'll sing Four Lads at a Dream. And that's what's been happening for the last, I don't know, 10, 10 years at least since, I mean... You, you very rarely hear the famine so I, I didn't hear it at any games I, I I didn't go to any away games nowadays actually but certainly even like nine years ago you, you didn't hear it at games the famine song it was never a, a very popular song at games it was maybe out with maybe in pubs and stuff like that so so when, when you did hear it the other week there or allegedly heard it the other week there um, in the city centre of Glasgow it was very disappointing to, to sort of hear it make a comeback but to try and and say because of that, four lads or the dream should be should be cancelled is just doesn't make sense. If anything, it should be the opposite. That we, we, we Rangers are, sh should be pushing it. So again, just to reinforce the message that there's there's more positive things to sing about um, when it comes to Rangers, whether it's our history, whether it's our future, anything. There's there's loads of things. It can be funny, and you'll have offensive songs as well. It happens at football games. I heard some for Hearts fans the other day there. I, I hear it for Rangers fans regularly. It, that's football. 
Um, unfortunately, in, in this country, in Scotland, um, football and, and sectarianism are often, the, the, the lines are blurred on that, and, and certainly when it comes to sectarianism, it's, I've said it for a long time in, on, on Jersey and, and the, on the website, I've said it in fanzines, sectarianism, sectarianism in this country is an industry, and people make a lot of money out of it, um, stirring it up, um, having fake offensiveness, outrage, no by mouth or a charity, but they have they've got people employed by it. They make good money. Um, they, they they take a wage for the charity. They take expenses, a lot of expenses for the charity. It's their job, so it's it's in their interests to perpetuate myths to a certain extent, and and that that's not a direct dig at no by mouth. I mean, the. They do a lot of good work. It's it's easy to overlook that in your haste to be offended by the fact that they didn't comment on this or they didn't comment on that or the or the fact that they're that they're criticising our supporters or our club. They do do a lot of good work in schools and stuff like that. So let let's not suggest otherwise. That would just be silly. And and so that in that respect, I have a bit of sympathy for Rangers because there were some fans saying, "Oh right, let's kick kick them right. We can't kind of be involved with this 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 crowd." And I've got. A bit of sympathy with that point of view, after what they did last week. But at the same time, no by a mouth. What talk about education and they make a big thing about education, which is entirely correct. I think in this circumstance, they they're the ones that need educated, and they they got it completely wrong. And as I say, I, I was stunned, and it's it's a, a real shame that, that that when people that that can lead the debate on these type of things and can be constructive, and can be fair and can be objective. They refuse to do so. Michael Stewart is one. Graham Spears is another. Spears has done that for the last twenty years. He's he's been doing it, and he'll continue to do it. And he's made a lot of money from it as well. Um, and unfortunately, people like Michael Stewart they've seen that. So Michael Stewart can't make money from talking about the game because he doesn't know enough about the game. So he'll manufacture outrage and offence and and just be contrary in his opinions when it comes to Rangers and. Fair enough, Rangers fans might not like it, but um, you'll get a lot of other people on side because it, not everybody's a Rangers fan. Um, it's and unfortunately, it's just sad when it's when it's nil by mouth when it's charities that that then take up that bat and and say, well, we want a part of that, and you've got to question their intentions when it's quite clearly that they're they're wrong in this the circumstance. Alex, uh, sectarian melodies apparently that's that's what we're dealing with now. And I find it quite interesting that, you know, Frankie brings in Michael Stewart. I mean, he was one of the main instigators in the whole thing. You know, his latest tweet, I think, about Rangers was saying that Aribo should have been sent off yesterday. So it's obvious that Michael Stewart has an agenda on this. And it's interesting that, you know, on, on the back of UEFA announcing that they're not going to take any action against Sparta Prague, you know, uh, Kamara's lawyers come out and say that that's basically given a, a green light to racism. No one's coming out sort of complaining about that. I don't see Michael Stewart, I don't see Graham Spears, I don't see Nil by Mouth, I don't see any of them sort of sticking up for Glenn Kamara in this. But Four Lads Has a Dream gets played on a Rangers video and, you know, it's the whole the whole world loses its tiny little mind, as, as the Joker said. You know, it's just... And, and like Frankie, I, 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 I was genuinely... I'm, I'm becoming... I wouldn't say immune, but I'm becoming used to the, the, the fake outrage with Rangers. You know, it's every week 
It is literally every week when it comes to the football side, and then they'll try and find anything they can off 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 the field. But it's that stunned me. I must admit to find to find a fence in that video really. It's, it's new level band pottery, I think. It's it's um, Rangers fans rage against no by mouth. That's how this would be taken. I was, yeah. I was trying to say no by mouth. I've misjudged this. You know, um, they've made a wee mistake here. Um, I've absolutely nothing against the, the people. No by mouth. Same as Frankie. Um, came out a horrible reason. Um, trying to make the best. A, a horrible incident. Um, it's the, it's, it's, that led to the the formation of no by mouth um, and they do great work and I just I just think at this this particular juncture I think if you're dealing with sectarianism um, that's been a such a big deal was made it's it's not to do with the crime itself it's to do with the tenor and the weight of the coverage of that crime in this case we're going back to the day we beat Celtic. <laughs> Um, the, the boys singing the famine song, uh, young lads singing the famine song um, in the city centre under Healman's umbrella. Maybe 20, 30 of them. Um, I am not for one second apologising for the, the boys, but I could just as easily be sitting here saying, how dare they think that that's what that tune's about? The, the young lads, the, our tune is about the four young lads that set up Rangers. I'm reclaiming that. We, this whole stadium, Rangers fans were absolutely amazing yesterday, sending out the message that we will not have one of our best songs sullied with any sectarian associations. We're, we're raging against the, the young Rangers, uh, casuals, young Rangers ultras who sang who sang the sectarian lyrics. That they could, you could take everybody else out of it and just say, oh, that was, that was brilliant by Rangers yesterday. They're, they're just saying, no way. We're having sectarianism associated with, with us. We're, this is we're, we're we're taking that tune back. We're showing it was always it was always a, a song of love and maybe a bit over sentimental. Certainly the way it was presented in the the kit advert, but that's that's the job of these uh, advertisers. They're trying to try to sell kits. Um, it's the fact that there seems to be an almost. I'm taking them by mouth out of this. I think I think they've because there's been so much weight, so much co heavy coverage of uh, the sectarian use of that tune, the, the famine song. For, you know, like the, uh, the the old firm, recent old firm game. I think they're probably thinking that's that's the, the main use of that tune. They might not know that the people at No My Mouth might not actually know about the day I sat crying in front of the telly because we're beating Aberdeen at Pataudry, and I knew we hadn't signed a new player in like two years because you know, but Walter Smith was there, and we were winning leagues that we shouldn't have won, and it was super romantic, and we knew we were in financial danger. But we're winning three titles in a row, and it, the Bears are on the telly. Pataudry, I can hear the travelling support singing this song about the four lads. They had no kick, not even a ball, and that's how we felt at that time. You know, ludicrous because we're still massive, you know, compared yeah, to yeah. other teams in the country. But it's a beautifully sentimental tune that you would think was one of the ones that that proved best of all that the Rangers support generally just a football support who want their team to win and love, and, and they're there to love their football team. Uh, for, for, for no reason other than the football itself. Um, but it gets suddenly, suddenly it's only about sectarianism. And it's as you say, it's the melody, it's the tune. You don't want to start the tit for tat what about today, but you know, Labby Safety, something inside so strong. As I, I, you know, that was getting, <laughs> that's, that, that, that's, that's getting played, you know, on the PA system at Parkhead for years um, when they're lifting trophies or whatever at Parkhead. 
it's the it also the it was a Celtic supporting mate who's telling me this. You know, it's also you know the official tune of Sinn Fein. They play yeah. it all. They're you know the official wing of the IRA. I don't want to get into all that. You know, but it's it's because that's that's the kind of thing you get into, and it's tiring. I think it's dangerous. You're saying you're right, people are getting bored with it, and the danger is the danger is people are going. To, I saw one guy on Twitter. I didn't get involved. Just saying, just proves doesn't matter what we sing. They're going to hate it. So yeah, singing that, that, you that, like that, 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 oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want the second part of that. But I, I think that's that's what it could lead to. You know, it's the whole in for a penny, in for a pound thing. If we're damned anyway, then some supporters are going to say, well, you know what? Let's let's sing the Billy Boys. Let's sing this. Let's sing because we're going to get stuck anyway. And one thing I remember is getting told when the sort of famine song, sort of, I think it was about ten years ago, I first sort of became aware of it, and uh, you know there was a huge reaction to it, quite rightly so. And one of the big things that we were getting told was, well, you know, it's all right to use the same tune, just just tidy up the lyrics. You know what I mean? And that's, to me, that's what's happened. And now we're getting told, no, you can't do that because we associate that tune with that. So, look, every, everyone that's complaining about this, if they turn up at a pub and they play the Beach Boys, Sloop John B, are, are they going to go up and say, oh, you need to take that off because that offends me because it reminds me of the famine song? I don't think that's going to be the case. You know what I mean? And it, it just, and it's the whole thing. It's the whole thing with the socks as well. The, the, the black and red socks, you know, represents being up to our knees and all that nonsense. It's the it government socks. I, I, that's, and the amount of people I've, I've tried to educate on Twitter about that. You know what I mean? If you think, if you don't think it's got anything to do with govern, look at, look at the govern high school tie. That'll tell you everything you need to know about where the red and black comes from. And I just think it's, as I was, I thought it was new depths. And I've seen a lot of stuff over the last few years when it comes to Rangers and sectarianism, you know, and the accusations. And and, and I, f- I kind of feel for, for Rangers and, and, and the board in terms of, you know, we're, we're over 30 years from when we signed Morris Johnson. And it seems to me that we're actually worse off. You know, we, get, this- more, we get more criticism now than we, we ever got on the issue of sectarianism. And, and part of me thinks it's because people don't want us to be, you know, be, be rid of this. They don't want us to, to, to improve. The thing they're most terrified of, I know we're on that thing, but the, I think the thing people are most terrified of, and it's obviously, it's, it's gone, it, it's blown out of hand, it's blown up out of hand since 2012, is Rangers being in any way romantic. Is yeah. Rangers, or God forbid, a victim in any way. And the Glen, I think it's really strange how the Glenn Kamara thing is cited every single, the Glenn Kamara being racially abused is cited as somehow a kind of hypocrisy on Rangers' part. Yeah. Anytime, you know, somebody's caught saying something. Jock Steen, you know, who a lot of Rangers fans don't even want you to mention, but Jock Steen said a great thing back in the day um, about how sick the football the old firm actually gave people the chance to vent all their sectarian nonsense for 90 minutes on a Saturday, as it was then, um, so they could go back to their work on a Monday and work with guys the other the other yeah. side of the coin and knowing it was a lot of garbage because you'd actually had a goat shouting a lot of nonsense at each other and just thinking what a lot of shit no that's that's not how I live my life and they could go and all work together uh, through the week but that's when that was when Scotland was like totally industrial country and I think it's the other way about now I actually think Rangers and I think the old firm are actually keeping it alive I don't see Scotland's a more and more secular country all the time and I think the only thing I think people are looking for a sense of identity and uh, the old firm thing's kind of confusing it. You know, it's keeping it going, a lot of the bad stuff, and for a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And I actually think, 
the thing that scares people the most is Rangers. And as a Rangers sport, I like us being the big bad guys. You know, I like I like that. It's a bit of, you know, because it's silly. You know, um, but I like the idea that we were big, big bad Rangers who were always doing horrible to watch, and we'd win one nothing at Parkhead with we one shot and goal. And stuff. I loved all that kind of stuff. You know, but I think what's happened is the Ryan club got liquidated. Celtic's mind, collective mindset, is set up for the tax man's going to have a go at them, and he's going to, you know, he's going to, he's going to yeah, close yeah. their club, and they're going to, they're not going to let that happen. They're going to come back up. They've got the romantic kind of thing, anti-establishment thing in their DNA. Whereas we are this, and it's it's just messed a lot of people up. And I think there's now a real kind of if Rangers are victimized in any way, or God forbid they actually look like you know they're winning three successive league titles under Walter Smith when they've no right to win any, or you know, when they've they've, they've come back for liquidation to win to their 55th title, it really scares people. And uh, but as you say, that the, the nefarious thing is it's happening when we're winning, you know, these and and if you we're all totally against sectarianism in any form of bigotry. But see if you're actually disingenuously using accusations of bigotry. That is bigotry. People, I think people are just, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They're, they're, they're trying to see bigotry, but it doesn't exist. And that in itself, I think there's a, f- a feeling that it's fair game. If we can get rid of Rangers, it's all worth it. No, you are the worst possible bigot yeah. if you are making false accusations of bigotry. And um, it's, it's fucking heartbreaking, mate. Sorry, it's, it's actually heartbreaking. And uh, it's going to put people off the football and off following Rangers. And that is the idea. And on that note, uh, looking at the clock, uh, Alex, Frankie, and I think uh, we've kind of overran by a wee sort of five, ten minutes. So we'll call it time there. So a big thanks to, to Frankie and Alex for their contributions tonight. Great stuff as always. Uh, we'll be back next Sunday night. Uh, it's at Mum next Sunday, obviously, so we'll, we'll have a show next week. Don't know who's on that because Frankie's not got the the, the, the agenda up yet, so we'll need to get that sorted. Uh, but in the meantime, get yourself onto the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. In the meantime, guys, until next week, or until the next time, bye for now.